Today is May 29th, 2021. This is episode 124 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, and in today's episode, we have quite a bit to talk about, as usual. Um, You know, (laughs) honestly, it really feels like um, episode 119 is going to stand as the turning point, like the, the time between episode 119 and 120. Um, really turning point here between, um, yeah, honestly, the vaccine rollout being incredibly slow and frustrating and painful and the vaccine rollout timeline just taking off like a rocket ship. Um, episode 119 of the show is called Vaccine Rollout Poop Show. And um, and that was accurate at the time. And uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I guess I guess we have to believe. Um, at this point, we have to believe Doug Ford because up until that time, he was saying, you know, give us more doses and we'll get more people vaccinated. And um, I guess I guess that was true because episode 120, the very next episode was called Accelerating Timelines, where they had released the schedule for first doses and things were picking up speed. And um, by yeah. So in the aftermath of episode 120 accelerating timelines i became eligible to book a vaccine and i booked a vaccine although at the time my eligibility was vague um as you can go back and listen to um yeah it it happened so fast and then by the time we got around to (laughs) episode 121 the very next episode um not only had i already booked my vaccination but i already gotten it and the episode was was recorded a day late um but the day that came out, May 9th, is when I got my first dose. Um, we're now two weeks past. Well, so it's technically the third week past that. There have been two more episodes. And now this episode, um, we're going to be talking a little bit in in part. I don't know if it'll be the whole episode about booking our second doses, basically on the same timeline as we were our first doses when we really started accelerating. So I'm not going to go back and search the um, like the exact dates for this because it, Honestly, it would be so messy to to try and find, try and piece together what happened. Um, But basically, back in probably March, when they started vaccinating, March or maybe, yeah, it must have been March. It must have been March, um, which I'll get to in a second. Um, Maybe even February, that they started vaccinating anybody who was over 80 um, and people in long-term care homes and all that kind of stuff. Um, When they started doing that, it seemed like it was going to be forever. And it was pretty like compared to now, it was forever to get all those 80 plus people done. Um, yeah, we were looking at at least a month of just people who are 80 being and over being eligible to book. And at this point, and I'll uh, include um, this image that I'm going to be referencing um, for second dose eligibility in the show notes for this episode. Um, but basically, as of like Monday, basically May 31st, People and it might even be earlier. It might even be earlier. It might be this morning. Um, anybody who's eighty plus can go ahead and book their second dose of the vaccine. And I think like this is a slight acceleration because I think it was something like July that um, that people who booked in that people who booked in April became or had their second dose booked because it's something like twelve weeks later that your second dose is automatically booked if you book through the provincial portal. Um, but people who are 80 plus are eligible to book basically in the next week and for their second dose, which is a, which is probably for most of them um, an acceleration. And then only two weeks later, 
they're looking at opening eligibility to 70 and up, which is like mid-June. So like the week of June 14th. And again, we move then to people who received their first dose, but who aren't over 70 between March 8th and April 18th. And they're going to include people who have highest risk health conditions. So those are things like people who've had a transplant and that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, special education workers. So those are, um, yeah, those, those are all people who are the high, kind of the highest priority at the time. And again, but that's only two weeks later, two weeks. So like the end of June for those people. Um, and then again, this is a slightly longer timeline. This is the longest actually change in eligibility timeline, I guess, just because there are a lot of people with higher highest risk health conditions. I, I suspect this three week difference between um, highest, risk, highest risk health conditions and special education workers is going to shrink because three weeks between that and opening it up to 50 plus and high risk health conditions seems like a pretty big um, gap three weeks, considering all the future gaps, unless I guess shipments are going to speed up, like accelerate rapidly after that. Um, because yeah, so we're looking at end of June for those, um, with highest risk health conditions and special education workers. And then mid June or mid July, sorry, mid July, week of July 19th, um, for people 50 plus or high risk health conditions. And then August for people who can't work from home. So that includes teachers, um, and at risk health conditions. So at risk health conditions is basically anything. Um, a lot of people have at risk health conditions. Um, but then only one week later we start basically just saying anybody, anybody can book their second dose, which means that although not everybody is going to get an appointment on that, like for that week of August 9th, which is that when eligibility completely opens up, um, they're not only including everyone who got their first dose May 31st onwards, they're also including children age 12 to 25. And honestly, that is enough time. Like it, I, I'm not going to say it's perfect. Um, because basically, if you if you want to have two weeks after your dose, everyone who's going to be, for example, attending school in September would need their vaccination like kind of mid-August if we're being like really specific. Um, honestly, it feels like they should have some kind of vaccination priority for kids who are going to be attending school um, during that time. But this timeline is extremely quick. And this the, the timing here doesn't include any shipments that we're supposed to be getting from Moderna in June, July, or August. It doesn't include any of them. And so any doses we get of Moderna are going to be just on stacked on top of this. And I don't, I'm just, I'm so excited for the idea that like when they said we were going to have a one dose summer, everyone or a lot of people were thinking, you know, like, yeah, 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 we're going to be getting our first dose over the summer. Um, but no, it turns out that they mean like you're going to have your, you're going to have one dose. Most people are going to have one dose over most of the summer, but a lot of people are going to have be getting like getting their second dose or done their second dose by the summer. And like, yeah, <laughs> if you had told me, you know, vaccine roll at poop show was published on April 24th. Um, if you had told me that by one month later, one month later on May 29th, like that's like five weeks that we would have a schedule for a second dose and it would only be basically everyone being eligible for a second dose by the middle of August, um, early August, I would not have believed you. I just straight up would have said, no, that's that's ridiculous. There's no way they're going to do that. Um, but here we are. We're here. And that's great. That's unbelievable. That's really, really good. And I honestly feel like, I mean, I, I am certainly saying, I've, I've said it before in this episode, that 
I guess Doug Ford was right when he was saying, like, give us the doses and we'll we'll speed things up because they have they're not they had this decent sized stockpile of of vaccinations that people they were getting, you know, raked over the coals in the media for not using. Um, but it doesn't that hasn't grown as more vaccines have become available. It seems like it's just a logistical rollover, like it's a supply chain thing um, in that they're moving as fast as they can to get doses out like. It doesn't make any sense to give all the vaccines you get in a given week on the one on like like the Monday. You get them on the Monday, you give them on the Monday or Tuesday. That doesn't make any sense. You should space the appointments out over the week to to maximize the the workforce that actually gives the vaccinations. The, those nurses don't need to be sitting there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it makes sense to dole them out over the week. And so if you just happen to look at the wrong day, you could see this giant stockpile. Um that's not happening. They're they're actually doing well with the rest of the, the end of this vaccine rollout. The, the actual pandemic is is was not being handled well, basically until mid-April. Um, hitting the emergency break was a really necessary thing. And accelerating these vaccines and, and putting the rollout together the way they did is laudable. I think that's great. And from the, I hope I don't know, I haven't been I don't follow the media that closely, but I hope that the liberal government especially those responsible it's i think it's anita anand the procurement officer um i hope that she is no longer being chastised and questioned and all that for the procurement process because it turns out um basically i I still do think we're kind of something like a few weeks behind the u.s in terms of total number of shots given per as a percentage of population um obviously the u.s has had has been fortunate in that they have an abundance of supply so that everybody who wants a dose is able to get one easily. Um, and whereas we've had to kind of prioritize and give one dose at a time, like give one dose first to everybody and then give a second dose to everybody. Um, but aside from that necessary step, I think Canada is in a really great position to be able to honestly just leapfrog over the next like month or two, leapfrog the US in terms of second doses, because we have so many more people who are sitting here waiting to get a second dose. Like, I had mine, uh, my first dose on May 9th, which means that I'm 20 days past, which means that I'm like right on schedule. I would, I would get that second one tomorrow if I could. 21 days later, yeah, do it. I, I will take that. Whereas there are a lot of people who are very hesitant in the US. And um, I, like, I do blame them, but I also kind of don't blame them because they're being told to not trust this thing by the people, the officials, the government officials that they have gotten their wagon behind are telling them you don't need this don't do this um there's a lot of misinformation out there there was a story earlier this week that prominent influencers and i i hate that term but people who have sway either on social media or um because of their status um were offered money in exchange for sharing vaccine misinformation which is just like the skeeziest possible thing to do and i'm so glad this came out to the media I honestly can't believe I can't understand or can't conceive of what the reaction would be if popular people on social media or celebrities or whoever it was, because I, I honestly don't care that much about the story itself. If they had published or shared this vaccine misinformation, it would just have it would have gone terribly for them. It's a horrible if you have a PR rep, they're going to say, do not do this. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um but yeah, things are things are shaping up to be, I mean, unless like I'm not saying this is this is going to be perfect no matter what, 
um, there's the possibility that can more contagious or, or vaccine or, um, because there are so many doses, um, not so many doses because there's so many cases, um, in places outside of the U S especially India right now, um, there is a possibility that variants could escape the virus somewhat and cause things to get a little worse again. But it really seems like if we can control the next like six weeks that we will be able to do well enough and get enough people at least partial immunity to this particular coronavirus that even if a new variant does kind of start to proliferate through the country, that if people get it, they won't get that sick. And if people do get that sick, we'll have the emergency capacity to deal with it, which was the goal all along. The goal was never um, to get to absolutely zero cases, even though I think it probably should have been. The goal was never to get to zero cases. Um, the goal was to control it and, and let our emergency rooms handle people who do get sick. Um, and by that measure, I'm really keeping my fingers crossed, but it seems like we might actually get there. And so I am looking forward to um, booking the second dose. It still remains to be seen exactly how they're going to do this. But it seems like because everybody who's booked through the provincial portal has already got a second dose booked and has the ability to change that second dose to a different date, but still a later date. What, what makes the most sense to me, honestly, is that they continue to let people book through the portal and just enable them when they when they when they offer to change your um, availability for the second dose, just change the eligibility date to be able to move, you know, closer to the present in time, whether you consider that forward or back. I don't want to get into it because it's ambiguous. Um, but yeah, honestly, they could just make you eligible to move your appointment forward, your second dose forward to X date or to today's date, even honestly. Because that's when you're changing the availability, you can make let them book whenever. Um, yeah, I'm extremely excited for this. And I've already gotten to the point where I'm a lot more comfortable, even just having one dose, seeing the research coming out of places like South Korea, um, where you have like 85 to 90 percent vaccine efficacy after one dose, um, two weeks in one dose. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable going places that I would have felt uncomfortable previously. Um, yesterday, for example, I think i don't know this no it's been it's probably been almost two years since evie played on a playground with that the playground had another child on it had another person other than me or julia on it um we've had this rule that evie can play on playgrounds when they're open um as long as there's nobody else on the playground when we go to it and she loves the playground now she's three years old she like she loves it so much and we got to the playground yesterday and there was nobody there. So I was like, yeah, of course you can go play on it. Like we put our masks on, although apparently the mask rule is now rescinded, which seems weird. Um, I get that people don't want to wear masks, but I'm, I certainly was wearing mine. Um, even knowing about the rule, I'm going to keep wearing mine. Um, but yeah, so we got to the we got to the playground. Evie went like down the slide one or two times having so much fun. And then another little girl shows up with her dad. and I could not bear like watching her play having so much fun she'd been there for like a minute and a half watching this other girl walk up i couldn't bear to tell her that she has to leave like she was having so much fun and she'd just gotten there and there was one other little girl um and so like she's honestly she's such a good kid that she immediately was just like hesitant and like waiting her turn which which like <laughs> julian i've talked about a thousand times like it breaks your heart to see your kid learn to not want to be near people um it's it's really sad and i'm gonna be incredibly glad when this part of her life is over 
Um, but I basically sat like I called her over because she was she was literally like not wanting to even go on the playground to touch the equipment at all um, while this other girl was there and or while she while she was anywhere near. And so I called her over and I said, listen, you know, the rules we've we've been over this. We've, we've talked about it before many times. Like, don't get close to her. You can still play on the playground. Just like <laughs> like don't start licking each other. You don't know this girl. So like. You just play play on your own. Don't get too close to her. You know the rules. And she she followed them perfectly. Like <laughs> it's actually really cute because she's never really interacted with many little kids before because she hasn't had the opportunity. Like since she became interactive to the point of being able to interact with other kids, we've been in a pandemic. She literally couldn't. And so she she's developed those communication skills with adults, but her her little voice is so quiet when she's outside in the in the great wide open, and she can't get close enough to be heard properly. And so she's like standing on the ground of the playground while this little girl, this other little girl is like going down the slide or like going up and, and going on the equipment. Um, and she's just like, but, oh, it's my, it's my turn. I, I was going <laughs> to, she's like quietly trying to say like, wait your turn. We can go down the slide. Like we can alternate, we can share. And um, she's such a good kid. She's going to be so, um, she's going to be so good when she gets older. I can just, you can just tell already. Um, and I was just like, like, yes, it's very good to wait your turn, Evie. But honestly, this little girl <laughs> does not have the same hangups as you do after being trained by anxious parents and particularly grandparents who have like trained you to basically not go on equipment, um, got, not go on the playground when there's anybody else there. But like I said, we had maybe 10 or 15 minutes before she had to go in for lunch anyways. I was just like, we just need to, you just need to learn like you're going to have to reintegrate into society. She She's basically going to have to integrate into society um, when this is all done. And I'm not like, honestly, we're outside. It's one kid. Um, they're both young people. I'm not worried about spreading the virus to one other person when we're not even getting close to them. So honestly, it was it was really good, good to see her actually go on playground equipment. Like we waved goodbye to them when we left. I felt completely safe doing it. Um, we, I'm already two weeks past vaccine. She's a tiny little kid. Um, yeah, it felt very comfortable to do that. And I was really glad that we did take that opportunity, um, because it would just would have broken my heart to do anything, but like to, to basically go down the slide twice and then have someone else, one other person show up and say, okay, now we have to go. Um, you're, <laughs> you got your five seconds on the playground. Um, it made so much more sense. It was so much more normal to just let her play a little bit. And yeah, no risk. I, we've been conditioned, um, especially when I say we, I mean our family, we've been conditioned that any risk is too much risk. Um, but honestly, a playground outside in the direct sunlight um, with one other kid, you're not that you're not you're just not getting sick. And then we came in, we came in after and she washed her hands like she's very good with this whole uh, hygiene control thing. She will get messy when she eats, but she know, girl knows how to <laughs> stop the spread of germs. Um, because we've been training her for the last year and a half for this. Um, so yeah, I don't want to belabor any of this at all. I'm very happy about the vaccine rollout. I'm very happy that things are getting back to normal and my child can start to be a part of normal society at some point. Um, I'm going to leave it there for now, but thank you very, very much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.